Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range studio getting ready to record episode number 93. Before we do that, let's talk about Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support everything fast pitch at the same time. And let's talk about patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. As always, if you're in a position where you can help us financially, become a patron. If you go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch, there's three different levels of support. Coach Don and I really do need and appreciate the support of our patrons. We've got a strong family of people that have been supporting us and doing a great job. Um, but if we can get a few more people to come on board, that would be really helpful. But obviously, we are not getting rich. That's the only way we can keep yeah, doing we're, it. We're not yeah. getting rich doing the, the podcast, but we love doing it. And our patrons are the ones that are helping us upgrade and keep things moving, paying for the subscriptions we need to get it out to the different servers and all those different things. So um, if you're in a position to, please become a patron. So Don, for Coach Prep this week, let's talk about transfers. And I don't mean the transfer portal. Not, not from We're one not talking about another. recruiting. We're not talking about Hope Troutline actually did go to Oklahoma like I predicted. You were right. One time this year. We're talking <laughs> about transferring the ball from your glove to your throwing hand and or what to do when the ball stopped on the ground. So, so let's talk about... We're seeing some mishandling is yeah, what I'm well, and, and one of the things that I think is crazy about this is it's maybe one of the most fundamental parts of playing defense well that gets really sloppy, that gets really careless, that maybe doesn't get practiced as much because we just kind of assume that kids are going to be good at it or they're going to be able to be good enough at it that it doesn't cost us. But I'm seeing more and more of Balls being flipped out of gloves, more and more bad transfers, more and more balls falling out of the hand when we're trying to take it out of the glove. And it's something from a coaching perspective that I think we need to spend some time working on that most fundamental skill. And not just, you know, when I hit you a ground ball, but I think we need to be doing it as part of our pre-practice throwing program, part of our pre-practice drills, so that in lines when kids are working with a partner, you know, they can get in 20, 30, 40, 50 transfers quickly and efficiently so that they're actually practicing that skill enough to make an impression. So, Tori, I've worked enough camps with you and, and done enough line drills and things like that to, to know that all the time when, when your kids are warming up or getting started, they're dropping a ball down on the ground and they're working on getting down to make that connection between getting the ball from the ground into the air with a good throw. Right. And, and if they don't do it on a regular basis, then it's going to be a skill that, you know, often they don't do very well. I'm excited that we're talking about it because those are the little things that are going to be a game changer in the tight ball games. And we just finished watching the World Series and there was a lot of little boo-boos that, you know, made significant differences in the outcomes of some of those games. Right. Well, and, and all games can hinge on one or two plays. You know, and, and one of the things that I think people forget is a lot of times, you know, we'll look at a final score and it ends up being seven to one. And everybody's like, well, you know, we just kind of got our heads handed to us. They, they, you know, they, they beat us. But if we really think back 
all of a sudden in the second inning when it was still one-to-one and we had an infielder bobble a transfer, we had a catcher drop a ball uh, on a transfer where she could have thrown a runner out or, or any number having, of times. a double clutch. Right, that, that transfer cost us a chance to make a play that kind of opened the door and all of a sudden they had three or four more runs when we should have been in the dugout and out of the inning. And so that's why the idea of practicing all these skills, these little parts of the game are so important. You know, a perfect example, you know, in, in our pre-practice uh, routine, we do box flips. And now, obviously, part of the reason for doing the box flips is to work on the different flips, you know, forehand and backhand. But part of the reason to do it also is that we'll start off with the ball on the ground so kids get used to picking up a stationary ball barehanded and flipping it. When the ball's on the ground, if I don't push the ball down before I try to pick it up, chances are I don't have a good grip. You know, we emphasize that when we teach the drill. They're, every time they get ready to do a forehand flip, they're pushing the ball down, feeling a little bit of a twist so they know for sure they've got their grip, and then working on the forehand flip. Same thing when they're doing the backhand flip. And every time they do that, they're practicing that aspect. In the same drill, we'll have them do it where they're just receiving the ball from a partner, catching it, and then transferring it. So we're working again on the flip part of it, but we're really working on the transfer part of it at the same time. And there's a lot of those kinds of drills that we can set up. And in a matter of a couple of minutes at practice, kids could have handled the ball correctly 25, 30, 40 times. And it barely feels like it was any part of the, you know, we didn't take hardly any time out of practice to work on it. Well, Tori, what I like about what you're saying is uh, when you're describing it, the ball's on the ground, you're opening your hand completely and you're pushing the ball into your palm and turning the ball into the ground, and that's securing that you've got a good a good grasp of it. How many times have you seen somebody go down to pick up the ball, and they come back up thinking they've got it, and it's still... Right, you it know, kind of squirts out of their hands. Still laying there, right? Yeah. To exactly what you're saying. If it's just part of your everyday routine, then you know, in the course of a month or two months or a half a year, you've done hundreds of them. Right, and it becomes if not a, thousands. It becomes a habit, yeah. right? And, and the whole idea is we're trying to, to teach good positive habits, good positive routines, they're going to be efficient and quick. And so if, if we're working on our throwing routine and part of our quote-unquote warm-up package, our pre-practice throwing program, is receiving and transferring the ball as quickly as you can. So you know, I might receive it and transfer it to be ready to throw as quickly as I can. I might do that with a partner 10, 15 feet away. I'm not even you know, trying to throw it very hard, but I'm working on receiving it hands together, hands apart as quickly as possible, you know, to get into a good throwing position, working on the transfer, working on the, you know, receiving the ball with my glove hand. Eventually for some kids, it's receiving the ball, kind of trapping the ball between their glove hand and their bare hand. You know, there's lots of different levels that we can take it to, but for the most inexperienced players, just teaching them how to catch the ball with their glove hand, turn the glove open to their throwing hands so the two hands can meet like they're clapping together. Kind of doing instead the same of, thing there, right? Instead of one hand trying to reach all the way around the glove to find the ball and those kinds of things. And there's just a lot of different things that we can work on to work on these transfers to get the ball out of the glove and into the throwing hand as effectively as possible. And the worst thing that I'm seeing, and I saw this with one catcher who shall remain nameless in the College World Series right. that was doing the old flip it out of my glove thing. <laughs> now, she was successful once and threw one runner out, but she had a couple of other plays where she never secured the ball well enough to make a good throw, or she was double pumping or, or fumbling around for the ball and missed out on chances. And again, does that mean she's going to throw every one of those runners out? Probably not. 
but I know if she flips the ball out of her glove and it never gets to her throwing hand or it never gets secured in her throwing hand, I know we're not throwing any of those runners out. No, I think that's a good point. And I'm seeing um, you know, what you're describing in the line drills, catchers that block a ball or a ball that gets away from a catcher that's at the fence. Outfielders, the ball gets hit and it gets pinned against the fence. It's sitting there. And if we don't go down there and secure that for the throw, we're going to have problems, multiple steps for every runner. Right. To kind of wrap up the thought for the day is transfers are a very fundamental, not sexy, not exciting kind of thing that we want to take for granted. We want to think of as just so routine that it should just naturally happen. That really needs to be practiced and practiced diligently, consistently, over and over and over again so that the kids develop the good habits of doing it the right way. The kids who flip the ball out of their glove and try to flip it into their throwing hand don't even necessarily know they're doing anything wrong. I don't even think that they're trying to be lazy, but they're playing a lazy brand of softball because they're not skilled in how to do it the right way. They're not proficient in doing it the right way. Well, and as a coach, just to to take the time to walk and talk through these things, right? Give them the skills, give them the the concepts so that they can work on it all the time. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a really good point, Don. If we teach them these things in practice and, and... and for some players, it might be that we have to challenge them. Hey, you really need to work on this on your own. If they have three or four drills that they do every time we practice, that they could do in the backyard, they can do it with a bonnet, they can do it with a, a sibling or a parent, they can you know, really quickly change those old bad habits and turn them into something positive and something that they can count on being productive when the pressure's on. It's the real challenge. You know, you know, Stan mentioned it earlier, watching College World Series this year, a couple of things really jumped out. One is how amazingly talented these kids are. Super athletic. But then also how shocking some of the mistakes were. You know, and don't get me wrong, I, I, I don't expect perfection. I think that you know, players are going to always make some mistakes. But part of where I think the pressure really came on in some of these games wasn't so much that the kids hadn't perfected the skills, but they weren't used to performing the skills when the pressure was really on. At that high level. Right. Yeah. You know, so you got, you know, 10,000 people cheering, you know, you've got, uh, you know, national TV audience, you know that... Uh, the game you know, on the line. The game's is, on the line. Yeah. And I know it's hard to simulate those things, but I, I've always believed, and I, I will believe this till the day I die, that if we work on a skill enough, we're confident in a skill enough, that it will override all those outside pressures. The ability to transfer the ball quickly can become pressure proof if we work on it enough. And I think that's true of everything in our game. I think some things are harder to get there, but I think really good hitters are pressure proof because they know their swing is going to show up every single pitch no matter what. I think for pitchers, they can become pressure proof because they know they are good enough that they're, you know, they can count on their pitch doing what it's supposed to do no matter what the situation. But these fundamental pieces like transfers are really important to practice enough and consistently enough and, and eventually with a little bit of a, you know, maybe a little bit of a competitive twist added to practice. So next time you're doing your box flips, you know, the first team that get 10 times around the square is the winner. And right. I'm not sure if we explained the box, the box concept is four players, one on each corner like a box. Right. And they're do, working all the flips, forehands, backhands, shovel passes. Right. And, and they might be 10 feet apart. They might be 15 yep. feet apart. They're not very far apart because we're working on the flips. And the flips are a great place to start with the transfers because the ball's not moving that fast. So it can start to feel like it's more of a true transfer of the ball never really stops moving. I just redirect it versus when the ball's thrown really hard and you have to catch it and then take it out 
and then throw it. Might so. be might be kind of fun, Tori, for uh, for the listeners and coaches that are out there to introduce something like this and see how many mishandled balls there are at the beginning, right? Month one, and then six months later, how much cleaner and quicker? Yeah, and, keep a scorecard kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah. But and, and I challenge people all the time. You know, one of the things um, with ESPN and and the top ten plays of the day. If you watch the ESPN this time of the year when there's Major League Baseball and, and now college baseball and you know a couple of weeks ago with college softball, you're going to see some of these amazing plays that get made that are you know the top 10 plays of the day. And a lot of the stuff that makes them so amazing are things as simple as watching a Major League second baseman turn a double play, how quick they are at redirecting that ball, how the ball never stops moving. It doesn't matter how hard the throw is. They're so skilled that they just glove it, throw it, and it's like it barely even stops at second base for a heartbeat. Those kinds of things. It's not in their hands for very long. Right, and that's stuff that they practice on a regular basis so that when the pressure's on, they are so good at it that it happens. They they become amazing because they practice all this fundamental stuff so much that it's just second nature to them. No, I love it. And it it comes down to practice. So coaches, working on transfers, make sure that you're working on this skill Make it part of your everyday routine. Get to the kids up to speed. Make sure that they understand what you're after. And drill it, drill it, drill it until they get good at it. And then hold them accountable for it later on so that you can uh, continue to see it pay off for you on game day. That's going to wrap up number 93. Please check out our sponsors, Anderson Bat Company and Patreon.com slash Everything Fast Pitch. As always, if you have ideas or suggestions, reach out to us at fastpitchprep at gmail.com or everythingfastpitch at gmail.com. Coach Don and I are always looking for suggestions and ideas. So for Coach Don McKinley and our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tori saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. 